Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Glad you could join me today. Yeah, I'm glad. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. So, can you just recap for me a little bit about you know your company, what you're doing, what you need help with? I'll take some notes here as well, and we can kind of take it from there. All uh, right. Sure. So, um, basically, I've gotten in touch with you because of like we were both part of the SaaS group. I work for this startup called Total Cloud. So Total Cloud basically does cloud automation. Um, they automate cloud management. So I don't know how technical you are. I don't think. Are you Not aware? very. Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of uh, public cloud services like Amazon Web Services and stuff, right? So yeah. AWS. So what we do is automate the management of such services. Say a company is basically using AWS. Um, we're giving you a very easy way to automate its management. So it's almost like a layer above your cloud and everything happens just through workflows. Okay. So I've sort of broken it down into components, which can just be put together and you can achieve any solution you want through simple workflows. Whereas when compared to like all the traditional methods would be like scripting or, you know, which is something that's very tedious. So we're basically making the whole thing automated and super easy to do. Gotcha. That's what does in general so technically we actually have a good benefit that we give or a value prop that we it's actually something that's unique mm-hmm. so i guess that we're actually at the very initial stage of like acquiring our customers and stuff like that we only have i mean we just have our first few customers which is through the warm network and personal outreach and things like that to our founder so um we're just starting to take this into the organic cold outreach you know we're just starting on that path so of gotcha. course, there are a lot of things that we need to get right, whether it's the targeting, whether it's the messaging, the way uh, we say things, the language we use. And it's particularly a little more difficult because the DevOps market and the way CTOs and DevOps people react is extremely different when compared to like a normal SaaS, um, you know, market. Okay. It's obviously a little difficult for us to figure out what sort of messaging resonates with them and how to sort of go about the whole thing. Gotcha. So to start off, I think we have just started with LinkedIn outreach. So we're just experimenting with it to see what sort of approach works on LinkedIn, but I'm really not sure of how uh, to go about that. And uh, we're also just trying out cold emails as well. So it's also a lot of iteration because we keep having to change copies and um, to see whether something makes sense or, you know, it's very iterative at this point. Just testing things out. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking notes here. So, okay, perfect. A couple of things, follow-up questions on that. 
When you say DevOps, people react differently. How is that? What is that like? In the sense, so before we even started, we sort of did a little research on how the DevOps market behaves and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, so DevOps people really don't like being sold to, for example. So the approach you take, they're very into the, uh, the idea of like say community building or helping each other out in the community along those lines. But if they're being sold to, they're very like, you know, no nonsense kind of people. So that approach sort of doesn't work with them. Okay. So if we do take the very organic community building value adding kind of approach, it elongates our sales cycle very, you know, vastly. So Absolutely. That's, that's what I mean when they behave differently. Okay. Let's make a note on that. And what have your results been so far with cold outreach? How have you been iterating on that in LinkedIn and cold email? Okay. Um, so again, even for say cold, uh, so we have two things, LinkedIn and cold email, right? So if I take cold emails, for example, getting the list is one thing. So we're not sure. See, obviously we can't manually go find people right now at this point because well, I mean, that's too devious to do. So in order to get a list, we're sort of using, um, you know, the list generation services and things like that. So these tools that give us a list based on the filters we apply. Again, we're obviously not 100% sure as to how reliable those leads are. As mm-hmm. in, they are from what the services tell, tell us, but again, we can't be sure about, about that. So whether we're reaching out to the exactly right person in the organization structure is something that I'm not sure of. But from what we've done so far, we usually go after CTOs. So with that messaging, I think uh, we have launched one cold email campaign, which sort of did okay because it we I think we got like open rates of about 40, 45%, which is pretty fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think positive replies would have probably been about 3-4%, I think, okay. maximum. But we haven't converted any of those. Okay. I mean, even if we did get one or two positive replies, the conversation sort of breaks off because it's not like we came to the demo and then they dropped off. Mm-hmm. So it's getting lost somewhere in the cold part itself. So um, I think that's where our cold outreach has been. We're just sort of changing, you know, content and emails to see what might work and what not. Gotcha. And, yeah. LinkedIn, on the other hand, uh, so we actually did reach out for with. The Indian market and the US market as well with on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. the Indian market sort of gave us, I think, uh, not that bad an approach. I mean, uh, results. We were using emails for the Indian market specifically. So it wasn't like a, you know, go connect with them and stuff like that. We directly email them. And that sort of worked. Uh, we got a pretty good open rates. We got a couple of demos out of it and things like that. But based on that decent success rate, we sort of took it to Sales Navigator and uh, started doing US outreach. But that hasn't really converted so far, of, you know, given us the kind of thing we want. So I think that's the status of things. Okay. Just a, a quick, I want to read the stats you had in your cold email. You said 5% positive reply rate. What were the other two stats? Lesser than 5 I'm pretty sure it's around 2 to 3%. 2 to 3% positive reply? And what were the open and? Around 40, 40, 45%. 45%. Okay. That campaign, how big was the list? How many were you sending per day? So that campaign was about 400 people. Okay, 400 people total. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to like thinking about how do I want to put together a campaign? How do I want to construct it? I always follow some basic fundamentals. And most importantly, the first thing you want to start with is your market, that list, those people that you are 
reaching out to. And I'm looking through my notes here as well. So kind of the hierarchy is like the market you're reaching out to, that like bottom of this kind of like triangle, right, of importance. That's the foundation. Next being what you're offering, right, your messaging, um, kind of the value that you're providing to this market you're reaching out to. And then after that, we have the copy. If you're calling people, it's the type of script you're using. If you're emailing people, LinkedIn messaging people, it's that type of messaging cadence that you use. So if we start with kind of like who you are reaching out to, I think it's really good that you recognize that the market you're dealing with responds differently to sales messages, right? Marketing messages. Not every market is as responsive as another when it comes to being contacted for sales. And so you guys run a outreach, like a classic outreach demo, one-to-one demo type of approach, right? Because yeah. okay. it's a very deep product, right? So they need to sort of get the feel of the product before they sign up. So mm-hmm. the idea is to get them, so any conversation or any cold outreach you have, basically to get them on a demo. From the demo, we either push them, like we like to push them obviously to directly like buy the product. If they're still active, they'll go on to like the trial period. Like sign up and go for like a free 14-day trial that we have. So it's okay. kind of how the demo works. And those people you're reaching out to, like in that cold email campaign, that those were C-level CTOs or those were other people? No, they were CTOs. They were CTOs. Okay. Okay. Great. So I think you have the right idea when it comes to making sure that you're building the right list and reaching the right people. I think in my experience in the past, when it comes to reaching out to people, a lot of times in an organization, you know, of course you want to get to the C-level, you want to get to the decision maker, you want to kind of have that access to that level. But oftentimes there's other people in the organization who are actually experiencing that pain. I've worked in cybersecurity before and there were, you know, um, I was speaking to people C-level, VP level, but they were just signing off on stuff that their people had issues with, that their people were working on. There were people under them that are actually doing the technical work, having to spend time, right, with tedious tasks that something like your solution would automate for them. So I think it's important in your messaging to kind of figure out when you're speaking to these people to kind of figure out, okay, who do I need to speak with in your organization? Like, who's the right person to refer me? I think it's really important to do that. When you're messaging, kind of what types of things are you saying to them and kind of like, what are you asking for? No, just to follow up on the stuff you said about reaching out to the right person. So even we did the Indian LinkedIn outreach, right? I reached out to both DevOps leads and, uh, you know, the tech tech leads, those kind of roles and CEOs as well. And I told you the Indian LinkedIn sort of gave me good responses, but most of them came from the DevOps people. And okay. uh, I think, so also our messaging varies with respect to who we're reaching out to, because if it's DevOps guy, it's more about, oh, uh, we understand the chaos of scripting and it's, you know, very tedious for you to do. So we're doing something we're completely automating it. And that's the messaging we use with DevOps. Versus a CTO, it's more about being able to save your DevOps team's time. You know, instead of like them doing repetitive shit, you're focusing on like your customer and you, you probably take the cost angle and that kind of stuff. So that messaging, I think that differentiation we have, the DevOps people have actually sort of responded because I think that pain point sort of strikes with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's just an update. Okay, okay. Good. I want to touch on the breakdown in conversation, right? You say you kind of get responses, but it kind of falls flat. Mm-hmm. What does that conversation kind of look like? And why, why mean, do you think falling flat? One, that is one thing. But I think even before that, we aren't getting as many conversations as we 
like as we'd like okay we need to figure out what's wrong with getting those leads in in the first place mm-hmm. but uh, say like from the cold i mean i don't know i think it's just unresponsiveness over a period of time right we do get a couple of responses so mm-hmm. usually it's like we're trying to get a demo scheduled or something like or a quick call sort of like get them scheduled a call with us right maybe there's one back and forth mail but after that just can't respond so mm-hmm. that's sort of but i think before even tackling that problem like we want to figure out a way to get more conversations coming in okay gotcha gotcha okay the first obvious thing that comes to mind is reaching out to more people i know that's pretty basic but in addition to that 400 people you've reached out to, how many do you think you've reached out to total, whether email or LinkedIn? See, since we started the cold outreach, uh, we're, I'm doing it like it's it's a manual process at the moment. So obviously it's not a huge number. Okay. Uh, because I don't see, I'll explain the problem in automating it, but uh, manually, I probably, apart from what that 400, I think it's an, another 400 to 500 people. So it's, okay. Okay, so, and then when you're reaching out to the same person, how many messages are you sending them before they reply? In your campaign, how many follow-up messages are you sending them? So it's one main and three follow-ups for our cold emails. And yeah, basically. Okay. Two ways or two things you could do right now that I know would bring you more meetings would be to reach out to more people and follow up more. A basic campaign I put together that I usually put together or something to start with is eight emails over a period of two months. So kind of starting out with the initial email, then I follow up the next day. Then I follow up three days later, five days later, seven, seven, 14, 14. And so I'm, I'm not badgering the person because I'm kind of stretching out that time that I'm following up, but I'm staying persistent with them. Um, those first two emails that I send, I'm looking for where to go within the organization. I'm kind of looking for that internal referral. After that, the next five emails, yeah, I'm delivering value, looking at some sort of angle that I can kind of um, contact them with to to, to get a response. And that last email I send is more of a strip line type email. I'm kind of telling them, hey, this is the last time I'm reaching out, you know, X, Y, Z. I'll make no further contact. And a lot of times people will come back on that email too, especially for the U.S. market. I know that it's critical to do that, um, to follow up. You know, you don't have to do eight times, but to add more follow-ups to what you're doing and expand it out because most people don't follow up that much. And I know just dealing with U.S. buyers, a lot of them do appreciate, you know, that persistence and tenacity with following up with people or following up with them. And you can definitely get their attention if you kind of stick with that campaign or add more follow-ups to that campaign. And also reaching out to more people. When it comes to that, I know that's tough manually to kind of keep track of all those follow-ups. Every time I do that, I include that in a, um, I use some form of automation software. Typically, I use MailShake to use that and to make sure that they're kind of doing those follow-ups. And, and you can free up yourself. You can give yourself time to just kind of work on managing the people who do reply. Have you looked into that before? Or are you just starting manual or kind of? No. So our cold emails are automated. Uh, but okay. actually, it's called Woodpecker. Okay. Um, Good tool. 
Yeah, so we're just, that is uh, automated. We set up the follow-ups uh, as well. So I'm not wasting my time there. So as soon as you set up a campaign, you can attack it. Yeah, so that's that. But I also want to know is Woodpecker, like, I mean, all of these, the problem like spam filters and like that, like the email coming into like a promotion tab and all of that, is that something a particular tool solves or? Not that I'm familiar with. The only tool I know that will help with de deliverability, Limlist has a feature called Limwarm where it, where it will warm up your mailing domain. So there's definitely some, deliverability is important course and there's definitely some things you can do to improve that what i like to do is use a g suite account i'll get yeah, a g suite. you have a g suite account from a i'll make a mailing domain right domain plus mail.com um, i'll set up spf dmark and dkim authentication in that that's going to improve deliverability i just wrote something up on this too i kind of want to pull it up uh let me see because you have definitely there's things you can do. So with G Suite, I don't know how far in you are to, uh, let me pull up my phone here, because I've got it here, saved. So with G Suite, with the paid version, once you reach six months with a subscription or you pay um, six months in advance, your sending limits will improve, right? And you're, you won't, you'll make it to the inbox more. You're kind of more of a trusted sender or kind of a more trusted customer with them. Um, they have some information on their website. Let me pull up this stuff here. Who doesn't have anything to do with this? It's your Gmail account settings, is it? Excuse me? So if the tool that you use doesn't have anything to do with this, I mean. The tool that I use, like the follow-up tool, or? Or something. Uh, oh, right, right, right. This is, this is separate, this is separate. This would be like kind of logging into that G Suite DNS. Uh, let me it up here yeah after doing those making sure your prospect list is clean if you use if you use something um some sort of tool something like never bounce or kickbox something that will validate those email addresses and make sure that you're not going to get any hard bounces and feel free to let me know if you've already done all any of this or you know this already and i can touch on something else um but that have with getting these lists um, is that it's, it's a little difficult because we have a filter that we need, which is the tech stack that the company is using. Okay. So specifically for AWS. So I need to know whether the company that a prospect is working at is using AWS or not. So I need a list of companies that are like, you know, uh, have that particular thing. So that's why it sort of limits our options. It's not as easy for me to find lists like uh, for any other business or whatever, right? Because I have that additional filter. Yeah, and there are sort of very few tools that do that. I think there's a tool called Uplead, which gives me like based on tech stack. So I can figure out if they're using it or not. But again, I'm not sure how reliable they are. Right. Like maybe, yeah, I'm not, that's that's one thing we need to. I'm familiar with Uplead, but haven't used it before. I've heard good things about it. But two ways I know that you can check out different technology for a company, Built With at builtwith.com. Have you guys checked that out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in Sales Navigator. You guys use Sales Navigator, right? You do? Okay. There's a filter in there where you can look at different technology. I believe it's in the account filter, though, not the lead filter. Okay. But the account, also oh, the account filter will have company accounts, right? So they'll filter out the companies that are using AWS and give it to me? Correct. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. 
So check out that filter. Okay. Here's something I've used to get C-level attention before that works, still works pretty well. In all my emails, I try to focus on kind of giving something, um, providing some sort of value and kind of sparking a conversation rather than asking for a meeting. My initial emails that I send before someone has engaged with me, I will never ask for a meeting. I'll never ask for 20, 30 minutes. I always try to generate a conversation. Um, something I've noticed that gets a lot of response is if you kind of, I'll tell you what I did. I was working with a cybersecurity company and I looked for, at my accounts, specific stakeholders who were into thought leadership, right? They were posting on LinkedIn, posting on Medium. Um, they may have done some kind of local media type stuff. They were actively trying to kind of improve their brand. I figured that these people would be more responsive to anything I could give them that would allow them to kind of get their name out more, like improve their personal brand. So what I did was I went to a website. I forget the name of it, but the article is still published. Um, it was a security type site that posted, you know, different types of articles, security articles. And I went to them. I said, hey, can I write an article for you where I will interview security stakeholders, CISOs, CTOs, CIOs at different institutions and um, publish that for you? And they said, yeah, sure. Just send us over a draft and you have it. I said, okay. So I started reaching out to these people and I said, hey, I'm writing an article for this publication. Da, 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 da. Would you be able to provide a quote? And the amount of responses that I got, my response rate for doing that versus just trying to get someone on the call was drastically improved. And now you got to be careful with this because like, you can't necessarily treat it like a sales call or if you're doing it via email, like it may not necessarily lead to a sale right then and there. But the great thing is that, you know, you're getting on their radar. You're providing them something that I guarantee no other sales rep is doing, no other company is really doing. And you're kind of building that relationship with that kind of high level in the organization. So I would suggest doing that and you don't have to, you know, start a podcast or do any of that stuff. You can just kind of guest posts on different sites and then promote it on LinkedIn, promote it wherever, bring more attention to it, create like a roundup post of 10 or 15 or 20 or however many people and promote that. And that's going to bring a lot of attention and kind of open up that dialogue with contacts. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so even like, uh, so when I'm saving a LinkedIn out and looking at like CTO's profiles on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. you can sort of like go through that profile and figure out what kind of, you know, how they behave or like what language they use and things like that. So mm -hmm. some of them are like very, you know, like into evangelism and innovation and I want to promote new, I'm always learning new technologies. Like some of them, some profiles are like that and some are very technical where they just talk about like work experience and the stuff they've done and all of that. Mm -hmm. As you said, because it's easier to start a conversation with someone who would like, you know, be into evangelism. So I, when I did reach out to them, my messaging or whatever I say would actually be along the lines of, um, hey, we have this, you know, completely new uh, way of managing cloud and it's a new idea and we've componentized cloud management. I'd like to sort of get your input on it. That's actually what I thought will work versus yeah. to a person where I talk more about like, not Pitch the product directly, it's still conversational, but it's more, a little more technical when compared to a generic, I'm introducing some new thing in the market sort of thing, right? 
but i went at that approach with the same view that i think that, that i thought that these people would respond more to like you know that stuff but i don't think i've gotten the responses i sort of had. right i would kind of flip that messaging or kind of look to tweak it try focusing more on their problems or pain points so i like the idea that you're trying to get your messaging them to get feedback on something and not necessarily try to get them on a call but even so they're not sure what you do just yet and they get a lot of messages of course they may not look at it right they may not look at it and get engaged and be like okay yeah let's see what this is just because they get inundated with so many messages but if your message can speak to their problem or pain point or something very specific that when they see that they're like, yep, okay, I know what this is. This is interesting. I do have this problem. What do you have? Or get that response. You're going to see an improvement in the amount of positive replies you get. If you kind of focus on looking at kind of, there's a book called Cashvertising. It's a little paperback book, pretty slim. And it talks about different angles that kind of humans use when making this, like not just when making decisions, but kind of when doing anything. Um, there's this concept called the light force eight and the sec and the nine secondary wants. I would kind of look, and you don't have to look at that, but kind of really look into like testing different messaging and like, okay, our customers who use our solution, why do they use us? What do they get out of it? Is it, you know, and kind of figure out, is it convenience? Are they saving time and saving money? Are they doing it? And like, those are great saving time, saving money, convenience, efficiency, things like that are important, but really drilling down and getting specific and figuring out on the other side of that, what's the problem that this type of person or their team would be experiencing and kind of drilling in on that and using that as your messaging and that kind of quick messaging on LinkedIn or, or what have you. Okay. And do you think that the idea of that cohorting is something that we should focus on in terms of like, even if it's like, say, uh, cold emails, should we cohort the list into multiple things so that we can try multiple messages or something like that or because like, as far as i know because uh, this is specifically with respect to aws it's um there's no way to sort of tell whether one say industry or one i don't know how to make that differentiation in terms of the pain point that a different industry will have mm -hmm. because at the end of the day like i mean obviously when i'm speaking to people at work there are multiple people with different opinions so mm -hmm. One of them tells me that I don't think cohorting makes makes sense at all because you know the usage of AWS is different for everybody, or it only depends on factors like whether it's a CTO or a DevOps lead or that stuff. Mm -hmm. And someone else tells me maybe you can divide it based on industry, and you will have a different pain point that you can address. Got to be the chance of conversion. So I'm not sure whether to like go at it or I don't. Know. You're not sure how you should split up these tests and, and how you should deploy that messaging even do it in the first place like whether cohorting as a concept actually like works because mm -hmm. in general our target is already sort of broken like cut out for us because we only go after people with aws right right and with the amount of aws spend so that's our primary filter so the moment we have that i think we already uh, the only differentiation we make after that point is whether we're speaking to a like a cto or a devops guy okay that's the only differentiation we're making in terms of messaging and what we say and pain points and all of that so should I, I don't know, should I explore any other, um, you know, points of differentiation 
in the categorization or is that something? I think if your if your gut is telling you that this is where I need to be, like I should, the only way I can kind of break out here would be by title. Um, I would I would stick with that. I would try that out. I would I usually create a few different campaigns and test out different messaging or test out against different titles. Industry can be tough because like if you don't know every like that that intimate information about every specific industry it can be tough to even get that messaging right. Um, so I would go with your gut and kind of go with what you believe is like, hey, AWS is that big differentiator. After that, I need to go after title and it kind of, and, and, it, and that's how that kind of split out. I would do that. I would set up a few different smaller campaigns and break it out like that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that probably makes more sense. And by the way, in the, um, in sales navigator, you know, I was talking about technologies used. Mm -hmm. So you got to go to, right, when you go to the accounts yeah. uh, or the account thing filter and you go to, you have to click view all filters at the bottom and then all the way at the bottom and other filters, it says technologies used. Oh, oh yeah, that's it's, it's kind of hidden. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know we could do that with sales navigator. That's yeah. So that's good, right? I mean, you got yeah. that. You can try that. Absolutely. So will uh, I don't know. Does it sort of also because um, the concept of DevOps is still evolving, right? So mm -hmm. what, uh, what titles would be what titles companies would be using for people who handle the cloud? Cloud. So CDO, sure, but sometimes like it's really weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes CDOs handle this, sometimes they just don't. So we don't know whether um, there's no way to sort of figure out whether it's the right person in some cases. Right. So should we sort of follow like an account-based approach where say, suppose from Sales Navigator, we get a list of companies that are using AWS and then you go after like say two or three profiles within that, that we think would, so that, you know, we're sort of covering all our bases in one company, like a, like account-based marketing. Basically. It's always better to go wide within an organization than super narrow, right? So you're right. You can never really know titles sometimes lie um, sometimes you won't know the title, so you can never really know whose priority, who handles what in an organization. So every time, like right now, when I try to enter an account, I always email um, at least four different people. In the Right now, I'm doing all manual outreach. I'll always email four different people. And that's that first, those first two emails that I'm sending, I'm looking to um, find that right person. I'm giving them an email template and I can send you something after this too. That'll help um, if you're looking to construct that, but I will reach out and I, I'm always looking to get that internal referral email. If I can get my email forwarded to someone and then they respond, or if someone says, Hey, uh, email this person. And then I use that email and reach out to someone else. Two things with that. When I send emails, like let's say I'm emailing a specific person over and over. I will always keep it on one chain and just do reply, come in right above it or however your email is set up and then change the subject line. Keep the reply because it is reply. Keep the reply, but then change the type, change the subject line. And when I reach out to people in an organization, let's say I'm trying to reach a, you know, director of marketing or something. I'll email the director, but I'll also email VP, C-level. And then I'll email someone that's lateral to that director. So let's say like a director of sales or something like that. 
So what I'm looking to do is get an internal referral down from their boss's boss or their boss down to them. If I can get a couple emails sent to them, like, hey, talk to this person, talk to this person, there's a much higher chance that they're going to respond than an email from an outsider, right, from outside the company. So that's something I do, and, and that works really well if you're doing it manually. It works really well just to kind of get your foot in the door rather than emailing one person, hey, you know, da-da-da. and um, another piece of that, I always put at the bottom, you know, hey, I reached out to person one, two, and three in the same regard, just to let them know like, hey, I'm trying to find this, the right person who handles X, Y, Z. I also reached out to this person, this person, this person. So it's like, you're getting out ahead of the story. You're telling them like, hey, I, I want to let you know I am reaching out to people. I'm not just trying to like hit people up. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I do. Um, it be done, I mean, for both LinkedIn and for like cold emails, right? I mean, it's sort of, Oh, I've just done that with email and that's worked for me. LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Here's the thing with LinkedIn. Like you notice that some people are responsive on some mediums and some aren't. Some people are, this is with anything, right? Some people are on this platform and that's the platform they use or don't really go on the other ones. So with LinkedIn, if I've ever done, and I've done it before, I think we've all have done it. Just hit up people, direct message, direct message, in-mail, in-mail. Um, it doesn't really work very well. What works pretty well on LinkedIn is starting out in public and um, someone posts something or comments on something, um, publishes an article or shares something. I start a conversation there and I try to get them to engage with me in public. Once you got a kind of flow going, then I'll send that person a personalized connection request with some sort of context so that I can get that link and then get connected to them. After I send that, then I, as soon as they accept, I follow up with them and say, hey, you know, thanks for connecting, da, da, da. But, you know, keep it clean of any sales pitch. Then from there, you know, you can follow up and or what I do is I'll follow up and, you know, try to provide value. And LinkedIn's a lot about context because it's a social platform, right? So I'm always trying to find some sort of context on LinkedIn, something they've posted, engaged with to provide something around that. LinkedIn's a lot is like farming and cold emails like hunting. If you try to do one of them like the other, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work as well. Um, so it's like LinkedIn needs to be more like I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't seen much success with like emails and directly messaging people. Right. More often than not, you can sort of cut through the bullshit and see the sales pitch there, right? So I mean, right. even they like hide it, it becomes too obviously hidden with it. Right. Because, and it's like, so, yeah, go on. Yeah, so no, I'm not sure to what extent emails actually work. Like, obviously, I started trying it out and stuff like that. But over like a week of what I have done with email, I, I don't sort of, I'm not sure to what extent it, it's valuable. So I think with LinkedIn, um, I think you also like send me a message that it makes sense to sort of build value connections and then over time, like take it further so even if I do get sales out of LinkedIn, it'll be like a really long sort of process where there's a lot of back and forth, adding value, and then you get out of call, right? Not- right. It's more farming. It's gonna be it's gonna be a longer process, and you know, utilize what the platform offers you. You know, utilize you know the the ability to publish, the ability to create to publish content and 
kind of reach specific people, right, with that content. I know on the on the LinkedIn company pages, you can't do this on the personal page, but on the company pages, you can publish something and you can select who you'd like to see it. Like not individual people, but you can select specific criteria. Like I want this type of title person to see this, you know, this type of, you know, at, at... Well, it shows up on their feed, like whoever I filter out. Well, no, you can't, you can't select specific people, but you can select just like in sales navigator, how you can, um, you can kind of narrow down by specific kind of things. You can do the same thing. If you post on a company on your own company page, you'd be like, I want this title of person to see it in this industry, that kind of thing. It's a little more limited. Like you can't search for somebody's name, but you can still try and get it in front of that right type of, uh, that type of person. Uh, most of the posts I see on LinkedIn are from personal, like people, you know, personal pages, personal profiles. So if you were to do that, I would try experimenting with that, but only if like I would post my personal and my company at the same time and kind of like use the company one to like play around with that, but definitely post personal. But like you can, you can get creative with that. You can post something and then you can, you know, contact someone who's liked something similar and say, Hey, um, uh, you know, um, I posted this, thought you might like it. I saw you liked this or comments on this. We've had a, we have a different spin on this. Da, 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 da. But one thing that I do want to mention about what you said, like email is not working or um, as well. That's true. But all your outreach, what I do that works really well for me is it's all, it's never just one thing or the other. I'm always using them together. So typically I always use email and phone and then maybe, maybe some LinkedIn as well as text messaging for specific instances right i'm using multiple channels to kind of reach people so like linkedin email phone that type of stuff like you can use linkedin as kind of like a touch point with someone without necessarily emailing them again all right or calling them again you can use that to kind of soften how you're reaching out because you know email is of course more direct than linkedin and phones more direct than email right so you can kind of use that to kind of vary your outreach so maybe something that will help me at this point is one to sort of increase the total number of people that I'm reaching out to. Absolutely. Make it account based so that I know I'm getting the right person in the organization. And once I do touch base with them, you like I sort of engage with them on multiple channels and not just not just like the one that I reached out to them. With. So even if it's LinkedIn or phone or something like that. Right. So you're sort of going wide and deep with like the depth and with this taken care of. Absolutely. You're creating that context and you're kind of spanning out your outreach on multiple channels. It gives you a better chance of, uh, of getting in touch with them. And uh, there was something I was going to mention about that. Can you outreach? I forget. But yeah, exactly. Oh, something you can do if like you're thinking about how do I break this up? Um, you know, let's say you got a list of for numbers, say, let's say you got a list of 100, you know, Take those 20 most valuable to your company or those higher value targets and like spend more manual time on them and like automate the other 80% and kind of break it up like that. And you know, okay, these are higher value targets. I'm going to spend more time getting more creative on these. And the other ones, like I'm going to put more time and energy into like making sure that the templates I send out are great. And that, you know, I'm putting in some specific information that I can gather from each company to dynamically insert inside of the follow-up emails, right? 
So when you're using Woodpecker or you're using MailShake or Limlist, you can kind of put in specific information. So kind of mixing it up like that and kind of breaking it up by what company is most valuable to your mission. And the thing when you automate cold emails is like, I mean, some at somewhere down the line, you're sort of giving up a, a certain degree of personalization, right? And there's so much you can personalize. Right. I mean, does that make much of a difference? I mean, that's why you probably say the 20 highest thing we can completely personalize. That's fine. But the others that I do automate for, um, like I, is it is it gonna is it something that will cost you or is it? You mean still, like sacrificing the fact that like you can only customize it so much because yeah. you're automating? Yeah, it's true. Like, you know, you're trading off time for efficiency, right? But a good way that you can kind of like get around that is by tailoring it for that group of people you're sending it out to, right? So like you said, like if you're reaching out to a specific title or let's say down the road, you do reach out to a specific industry. If you create context within that email that's specific to that person's industry or specific to that person's title, you can use that for everyone in that industry or everyone with that title. You can't do as much automated company stuff because it'll only work for that company but you can still do industry you can still do title you can still do pain points around aws so yeah you do trade off some of the uniqueness you can put into each email but it's a sliding scale right to a certain extent it becomes like too much but it is worth it it is worth it with being able to get in those do larger campaigns and follow up with more people, especially follow up that you wouldn't be able to do just because there'd be too many, right? So you got to find that balance. Yeah, automation is kind of important there. Yeah, it is. It is, absolutely. So um, say LinkedIn, because we are using Sales Navigator and now that I know I can filter out tech stack and stuff. So I think Sales Navigator is a good place for me to sort of get my leads. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I can probably um, find a way to get emails and then reach out on email instead of LinkedIn through emails, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. There's a really good tool I've used. Lead IQ is really good at grabbing contact information. There's it's, something on Lusha. Is that, what, what's that? Um, Lusha. It's called it's L-U-S-H-A. L-U-S-H-A? Yeah. Oh, that's a tool you use? I mean, no, I, don't, I mean, I've heard of it and I think uh, a colleague of mine uses it because he has that plugin and the moment you go on a LinkedIn page, it gives you like details. Okay. I haven't used that one before, but with anyone you use, if you run them through some sort of verification tool, you should be fine, right? Run them through something like Neverbounce or run them through, you know, Kickbox or something to verify those emails before you send. That can harm deliverability by right? sending to getting a lot of hard bounces or getting soft bounces and not removing them from the campaign. Yeah, but it's tricky with a lot of those tools in terms of like, you know, email information can go stale pretty quickly, a couple of months. So that's a problem industry-wide or, you know, sales industry-wide, clean data. And I think messaging-wise, sort of taking the conversational approach more than uh, selling it to them directly. So as you said, like address pain points and sort of go into like a, you know, is this something which you face too or is this something you, know, you want to get a consult about sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an approach I can stick to, right? Like instead of going directly selling to them or sales pitch. Like it's 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I think about my emails, I try to do like a classic copywriting format, attention, interest, desire, action. And with your group of people, like with you, the people you're reaching out to, I think that call to action is going to be really important, right? Because you know, they're sensitive to sales messages. So you can be on point the whole way down, but the wrong call to action. I think if you tweak that call to action, like experiment with different ones, you can see a lot of success with that because if you are, you know what? There is a guy that I interviewed that has done something that I think will work really well for what you're doing. He was, his name is uh, Jeebius mm-hmm. Chaitanya. I hope I said that right. But he was, he's doing marketing for a mobile app security company. He was having really good success. And I was like, okay, how are you getting those people on the phone? Because I know it's tough to do that because I've worked in security. That's a tough market to sell into. And what he was doing was he was inviting people to a webinar and he was using LinkedIn and cold email outreach to invite people to a webinar. And on that webinar, they were going to demonstrate what they were doing. So I think they were cracking into a cell phone. You know, this is just for demonstration purposes, nothing, you know. So yeah. they, were just, they were doing like, um, uh, I think it was a penetration test or they were they're hacking into something, something interesting. They're like, hey, look, we're going to hack into this thing in 30 seconds, come join the call. And they were inviting on these, you know, security engineers and security people, um, C-level technicians, like everything onto this webinar. And from that webinar, they were able to generate conversations and they were able to generate sales calls. So I think something like that would be really great too, because people you're reaching out to, they don't want to be sold to, right? They don't want to engage in a sales discussion. But those people are curious about their industry uh, most often if they're good because they know that, at least in security, they know lots of things are changing. I'm sure tons of things are changing in DevOps too a lot. So they want to stay on the ball and getting this, flipping it from like sales to education, right, is I think could be extremely powerful for what you're you're doing and what you guys are doing. So we also have like a, a product marketing team in place so um we have a marketing team that's actually working on like these kind of creative things that engage DevOps people instead of directly selling to them because uh, so we have this thing called we're, we're trying to launch this thing called the use case universe which is basically a sort of an on do you know Airtable have you seen Airtable universe yeah I've seen it yeah Airtable absolutely yeah, so similar to that but it's in the devops world so it's something that devops can become a sort of so it's something that say they can request for a template or they can create a template publish it up there and sort of engage integrated stuff so it's something we're trying to get into place and if that happens and works i think that's sort of the perfect thing to get them engaged um to you know to come and use what we're doing so organic activities and market marketing like top of funnel activities are like happening or we're trying to sort of get that out mm-hmm. so my mandate was to sort of take care of like cold outreach and inside sales and that stuff so gotcha. yeah so that's kind of where i like got a little i think stuck not entirely okay then so. that's already being handled on one side you're trying to do more of just sales yeah. calls okay yeah that's fine then so kind of everything we were talking about before that then for sure. 
awesome. I mean, I'm actually learned quite a bit and figured stuff out. So I think I'll also check out the webinar thing that you told me. Can you repeat the name? Uh, something. Yeah, like yeah. Let me. Um, it's GVS Chaitanya. First name. The first name GVS. Just the three letters GVS. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, he's doing some really interesting stuff. I'm gonna send you the template, the email template that I use, um, that I edit and use to for my first two initial emails, which works really well for me. Like right now, the company I'm working for, I've been using that, and it's been working phenomenally. But yeah, I'll send that to you. So was this helpful? That was, this was very helpful. I'm so glad to have gotten on this call. Okay, I'm glad. I reached out on a limb to reach out to you and I did see you on like Facebook uh, the group. So I wasn't sure if you'd actually like respond and like, but it would been really sweet and generous to actually get on the call with me. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad it was helpful. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.